Hi, this is Ken Bone. You're listening to KCLU 88.1 FM Columbia. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the penalty box on KCOU 88.1 FM. We got a pretty big slate for you guys today. We got some football and some basketball to talk about. Um, I am Jack Nolan. I am joined, of course, every time by my co-host, my partner in crime, Peter Camp. Peter, how you doing? I'm hanging in there. How are you doing? How you doing? I'm chilling, you know. Another day, another dollar. Of course, unless you don't work. That's true. Yeah. Then it's just another day, I guess. Yeah. It's, but yeah. anyway, um, yeah, we've got some some nice basketball action I think we're going to dive into first. Some NBA, I say, with a sigh of slight disappointment. Why is that, Nolan? Well, we'll take a look at our first playoff series. Obviously, if you don't know already, the NBA playoffs are happening. Is that? I, didn't, I never yeah, knew. Oh, yeah, we never knew that. Yeah, um, we, we just found that out that. this morning. I, I did. I, yeah, I know I did. But uh, disappointingly, biased-wise, um, the Milwaukee Bucks are facing elimination, I believe, right now. Yes. Um, Five minutes left in the first quarter. Bucks are leading 18-11 to 11 so far. Uh, Bam Adebayo is the current point leader. He's one for two with four points, <laughs> two free throws. That's how that works. <laughs> and Dante DiVincenzo channeling his inner Michael Jordan as he is three for three and two for two from, from three. No, three for three from the field, two for two from three, and he has eight points. Uh, Wesley Matthews has six points. Uh, Chris Middleton starting with a solid one for three. And um, everyone's favorite, Tyler Hero, has only uh, just checked favorite. into the game. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously the big storyline from this game is we saw – just a couple of minutes before Giannis was ruled out. So he will not be playing in this one. So far, the Bucks aren't too affected. Channeling, I think, the same thing that we saw when he got hurt in mm-hmm. Game 4. Um, but this series for the Bucks generally has been, I would say, one of just frustration in terms of I've seen some pretty stifling defense from a team that, has had the Bucks number in the regular season, as I've kind of said. Um, but I don't think anyone has really been putting the defensive pressure that the Bucks are now facing, and they're really learning from that, and now they might, you know, lose their entire season because of that. But, you know, up by 11 right now in this game. Um, you know, Peter, what have you seen from the Heat that has have given them such a strong start, and do you think the Bucks can respond? Um, one thing I really saw was the Heat... I mean, the Heat have just been really good offensively so far. They put up, uh, I think they're averaging over 100 points a game. That might be wrong. I might have read that somewhere. But, yeah, they've really relied the first few games on Jimmy Butler to make shots. And that's really what led them to a 2-0 lead. And then, at that point, it was, okay, Jimmy Butler is not known for his shooting, so we don't know how long this is going to last. And so guys have really stepped up. Uh, to to kind of claim that, and the Bucks really have just been kind of lagging behind this entire series. You know, like I said, the game one of Orlando is really what we've been seeing with Miami, where they just don't seem like they're hungry enough, like Miami. And I mean, Chris Middleton going off last game 
was good, but um, they're going to need a lot more than just him if the Bucks are going to climb up from a 3-0. Yeah, I think the the difference that I think we're going to see for the rest of this series, which res- like helps to kind of restore my faith in the Bucks, is that I think the rest of, like you said, Peter, how they were against Orlando just for one game, and even kind of throughout that series, it was just the fact that they were just a much more talented team than Orlando, that they still got it done in five games so easily. You know, like you said, I think they're finding out that, like the Heat, like the Raptors series last season, they're a way different, you know, team. They're they're built, the Heat are kind of built to almost stop Milwaukee and to, you know, force Giannis into playing more in the half court and to turning the ball over a lot more. But I think if guys like Middleton, guys like Eric Bledsoe and, you know, Wesley Matthews and DiVincenzo, who I think was a little unfairly criticized. Like I saw so many memes on Twitter. This is a little bit of a deviation from what I was saying, but I saw so many memes on Twitter that were criticizing him for almost selling the game because he missed one free throw. I was, I was just happy. He drew the foul in that situation, Mm -hmm. but that's beside the point. I think if those players can play like Giannis isn't on the floor in this particular series and they need to play like this is their last, which it could be. Yeah. I mean, but I think they know that part. I think it's more, they need to stop leaning on Giannis and need to trust themselves because they're all good players and they're the team has built to function. Yes. With Giannis, but it's built to function fairly well without him. But then they're going to have to run to Chris Middleton. He's going to have to be the main guy that they look to because he was the mm-hmm. second behind Giannis. Yeah, but I think I think they don't have to focus that much. I think they're well built enough as a team that they don't have to focus as much of going through one guy, especially when Giannis is injured. And I think that was the problem last season against the Raptors is guys led like were leaning too much on Giannis and just looking at him to make the big plays when he needed help. And I think if they can play like he's not there when he is there, and obviously this game that doesn't mean anything because he's not playing, mm-hmm. so it's even more pressure. I think you know they can continue to be as dominant as they were in the regular season, but we'll like you said, we'll see. They've dug themselves into quite a deep hole. Mm-hmm. No team in NBA history has ever come back from 3-0. Um, I think the last 3-1 comeback was... Denver, Utah, and then yes. before that was it the Warriors when they beat the or, sounds, sorry the Cavs when they beat the Warriors sounds right yeah so we'll see um, you you did bring up um, Tyler Hero who I will t- I will say a bit about he was on fire at the end of games the mm-hmm. guy is pretty darn clutch he was making threes and when the Heat needed him to make them most but um, yeah I think the Bucks just need to. The guys need to play like Giannis isn't there every time, including when he is on the floor. But we'll certainly see. Any other thoughts on that series before we look at the other one? Um, I mean, they're looking good right now. I mean, the Miami's shooting 40%. Uh, the Bucks are shooting 53 um, I mean, it's the first quarter, three minutes ago, anything can happen. But, um, yeah, they just got to play like their backs are against the walls, and they need to kind of now just kick it into a higher gear than what Miami can really bring and kind of start playing shut down from the perimeter, which has been hurting him all series. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you just got to start buffing up the defense and hope you can hope you can do the impossible. Yeah, climb back from that deep of a hole. We'll see how that goes. We'll bring you some more, I guess, updates on that game as it continues. The other series featuring the one seed in the West is also tonight 
Um, game three of that is the Lakers and the Rockets. Um, the Rockets took game one, and then the Lakers, I believe, and then the Lakers won game two, so that series is tied now. Um, what have you seen, you know, from that, Peter? Do you think the Lakers, do you think game two, sorry, game one was just a fluke? Do you think the Lakers kind of have this one in the bag? I think the problem was the way the Rockets play were really different from what L.A. was used to because mm-hmm. Anthony Davis was so, they're so busy against use of Nurkic and they were used to normal style basketball. And now when they were stuck playing, you know, small ball with P.J. Tucker, they didn't let them drive and they didn't use Anthony Davis as much in the post. But I think game two, we saw Anthony Davis and LeBron really just be like, okay, we really got to take over. And they needed help, which they got really well. Uh, They had um, Markeith Morris score 16 points. Kuzma had 13. Rondo had 10. But for the most part, it was Anthony Davis and LeBron James being like, okay, I mean, compared to P.J. Tucker and Robert Covington, I mean, we can, as long as we force James Harden and Westbrook to take bad shots, because James Harden has really been on and off this entire playoff, Mm -hmm. they, they just take it into their own hands, which really might be why they even make it to the finals. Because that team, that team around them really is just always either hot or cold. But yeah, for the most part, I think it's just Anthony Davis and LeBron James playing through them. They're the ones that are going to be the most dangerous and they need to look to their team to help them. While on the other hand, the Rockets need, I mean, they scored a lot of points last game. Even uh, Daniel House from the bench scoring 13. They just need to find a way to contain them and they might not have the big guys that they have, but they need to find a strategy to kind of limit the amount of shots that LeBron and AD take. And if they do make them bad shots or force or just try to clamp up down low, because that's really where LA is going to try to attack more and more as the series goes on. Yeah, I think the biggest difference I saw from game one to game two for the Lakers was shooting from three and shooting free throws. Um, they actually shot a little bit better from the free throw line in game one, but LeBron and AD had 20 and 25 respectively. Game two, AD had 34, LeBron had 28. Like you said, I think if the Lakers just kind of rely on those two this series, the Rockets have a very, I would say it's not an entirely bad style of basketball. It's gotten them pretty far, you know, in the, in the series. But when you have... Two guys like LeBron and AD, who the Rockets really, like you said, have no matchups for. Mm-hmm. Those two should be having the ball pretty much all the time. And when they're not in, like you said, guys like Morris, Kuzma, Rondo, they just need to, you know, kind of do their own thing. I mean, Morris had 16 points off the bench, like you said. Their bench play was a lot better than in game one. Um, so I think if. The Lakers just kind of need to keep it simple, I think. And just when the starters are in, play through LeBron and AD. When the bench is in, you know, just play good team basketball and kind of match the Rockets, you know, for stride. Yeah, you're not going to stop James Harden from scoring 25 points a game. He's just kind of built like that. He's mm-hmm. just a good scorer and he's going to take a lot of shots. He's built different. He's built different. He's built different. Um, yeah. Uh, but I don't, I don't really see the Lakers having too many other problems as long as LeBron and AD don't go cold because then the Rockets can't burn them. If they really 
stick to their style and their guys are making shots, you know, in their own right. Like you said, PJ Tucker for me was a difference maker against Oklahoma city. And I think can continue to be that guy that Westbrook can, you know, find in the corner and, you know, as he's that facilitator, I think that can play really well into his game. But yeah, I don't see the Lakers struggling too much with that one. That game is game three for that is tonight. We'll see who kind of grabs that edge. What do you think? Lakers and what? Rockets and what? Maybe I see Lakers and I see Lakers in five unless Houston can go back to like what I said, trying to limit the amount of offense they have and kind of shutting down their bench. So I see Lakers in five or six. So you think the bench is a bigger difference? Maker? I think the bench is a huge difference. Yeah, it always is. Because you know LeBron and AD is going to show up every game, but mm-hmm. Markeith Morris is not usually a guy who scores 16 points, and Kuzma is either really hot from three or really cold from three. He lives and dies by the three. So it's really going to see how the, the team around AD and LeBron are going to show up in this game. I agree with you. I think that the bench is just as very important because I'm going to go Lakers in six. And I think the Rockets take a game because I think their bench will step up, you know, one more time in the loss in game two, they had 13 points off the bench. All of them were from Daniel house. Mm -hmm. No one else scored. I know the Rockets don't play a deep lineup, but I think, you know, guys like green and Austin rivers will just hopefully step up a little bit for them and maybe get them to another win. But I only see one winner in that series. Mm -hmm. Um, Looking ahead, we have a couple of games tomorrow, obviously, as the playoffs continue. It's an interesting format, too. I love how the Bucks Heat are already in Game 5 and the Lakers-Rockets are only in Game 3. It's just kind of mm-hmm. weird, not what we're used to. But we've got the Raptors-Celtics tomorrow. Um, the Celtics are up 3-2, can take the series in that. Um, what have you made of that series? Who do you think do you think Celtics are going to take it tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah? They've just looked like the better team so far. The Raptors shooting has been horrible yeah <laughs> absolutely horrendous and i mean boston t- they took advantage of it and i think there's really nothing slowing them down at this point i think if you force a game seven i think toronto would have the upper edge just because i mean forcing a game seven like that boston's really going to be crushed by the fact that they're going to have to i mean it's not the same thing as like an actual playoff would happen where you'd have to go back mm-hmm. to travel wise back, go back to Toronto for game seven. But I don't know, Toronto, the fact that they're in the series is based off of a, a hail Mary three at the end of the game and they were able to tie it up. So I think Boston just playing their style of basketball and not giving up anything bad at the end of the game. Once again, because they've proven that they they can even when they lose they stay in games. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just a matter the matter of not letting up in the fourth quarter and just finishing a game because that's really what hurt them. That's what got them in this position in the first place. And um, yeah, really relying on Tatum and Walker and even though Jalen Brown's been kind of rough these last few games, kind of laying out relying on those three point shooters to really just finish that game strong or the series. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy. The team, I agree with you that I think in a game seven, Toronto would take that because I think all of their players have been there before. Mm -hmm. They know that kind of environment, even like you said, but Boston went to game seven, two years ago. 
against the Cavs when they lost the last time against Golden State. That's true. And that was with Tatum and that was with Tatum and his rookie and Brown, but it wasn't with Walker. Yeah, but I think if the if the Toronto Raptors can turn this series around, because like you said, even when they play really well, the Celtics have been matching them. Mm-hmm. It's just the Raptors have been so inconsistent. Yeah, um, like you said, they're only in this because of a crazy buzzer beater. But yeah, I I probably see the Celtics taking it tomorrow because I think. They they just have all of the momentum right now. They have guys just playing way more consistently. You don't know what kind of Raptors team is going to show up. And if you really want to win in the playoffs, you need to show up night in and night out. And the Celtics, you know, at least their starters have been have been really doing that. They go really deep too off their bench. They and had they, seven players go off the bench, and only two of them scored. Shout out Brad Wanamaker. Oh, not Toronto. Oh, Boston. Yeah, Boston also had yeah. Boston seven. Had no, or eight. Was, no, that's nine. They had nine go off the bench. Nine and off only the two bench. two of them scored any points. Shout out Brad Wanamaker, four of former them Pittsburgh three, point guard. Four of them were in the game for three or less minutes. Yeah, to be that fair. was probably some end, just some end game time. Yeah. Yeah, Romeo Langford's not getting the ball with five seconds left. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, hey, shout out Brad Wanamaker. Brad Wanamaker. Fun, fun story about Brad Wanamaker. Please tell. He was the one who Kemba Walker hit his step back over. Uh... His famous, in the in the tournament, the famous cardiac Kemba step back was over Brad Wanamaker. That's crazy. And now they're on the same team. That is, that's that is crazy. Yeah, just a little. Do you remember? Uh, this is kind of a little off track, but it was the Seahawks and the Vikings in the playoffs, and I think it was Walsh who missed the yeah Blair Walsh the the game winning uh, field goal. Yes. And then the next season he was signed on with the Seattle. Seahawks, yeah. Yeah. That's just another crazy Those story. weird coincidences. Actually, yeah. no, I messed that up. Wanamaker was guarding Kemba because they're both guards, mm-hmm. and the center switched on him, and then Kemba Walker hit the shot over the center. So maybe if Brad Wanamaker plays defense, who who knows? You know? Yeah, that's crazy. Maybe he blocks Kemba. Maybe. And then Kemba's coming off the bench for the Celtics. Anyway, that is a much much of a deviation. Um, the last semifinal to look at really quick is the Nuggets and the Clippers. Um, the Nuggets coming off a big comeback in their own series um, beat the Clippers on Saturday. Um, one ten to one hundred one, and that series, I believe, is tied. No, no sorry, two one on Monday. It's two one on. Oh, it's, it's Clippers. Sorry, two one Clippers. I forgot there was a game Monday. They play Wednesday. Um, only one winner in that one too. I think the Clippers are gonna walk through easily. They should. I think they should. They have the depth. They have. I mean. Michael Porter Jr. played really well off the bench. Uh, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray are always going to give you a game, even though Jamal Murray shot 5 for 17, which isn't great. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, as long as playoff P doesn't play like playoff P <laughs> and goes 12 for 18, yeah, that's really going to help you, especially when uh, two of your players aren't scoring 10 points in your starting two lineup. Two starters. But well, that's the interesting thing, too, how the, the Clippers with their depth, like, they can switch stuff up on you so well because they have Zubak in there, but they always take they take Zubak out for Harrell a lot, mm-hmm. and then they go smaller. But I mean, as long as Zubak can play defense well enough against Jokic, that because he's probably the best matchup for him. Yeah. Um, but Jokic has not looked the same, you know, in the playoffs. I don't think it's been all Jamal Murray. Not this series. Oh, last this series year. it last was. Last series it was Aljamar Murray. I I'll give it to you last series, but this series, in even Game 7, Jokic outscored uh, Murray. Game and then, 7, though, was a <laughs> that was just a low-scoring That's true. It affair. was very defensive and could have easily gone Utah's way. Yeah. 
But, Shout out Mike Conley. That was that was tough to watch. I love Mike Conley. Yeah, but Jokic has really been the guy that's kind of leading the torch this series. Yeah, so it's more Ben Murray. You're right. That kind of has to step back up again. Yeah. But I think, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a bad loss. It was a six-point loss to the two seed and then the three seed. But, I mean, I could find – I mean, if they lose tonight, it's over. I think. Yeah. yeah Denver needs to find leaves. a way to win tonight. Or the Clippers are going to make it to the Western Conference Finals, which is expected, yeah, I think. Yeah, that should but, be expected. But I think, if Denver's going to do something, it better be tonight. Or tomorrow night, sorry. I think um, I'll shout out our roommate and friend Chase, mm-hmm. who I think brought up a good point. Like, while Denver, I think, definitely still has a chance, especially if they can get a win tonight, and Jamal Murray looks like the guy he was against Utah more consistently. Honestly, though, I think the the team that had the better chance to really upset the Western Conference in general was the Mavericks because I think the Mavericks would have created just as difficult of matchup problems for Denver as the Clippers are. I think the Mavericks played better than the Nuggets have against the Clippers. Yeah. Just because of the amount of offense that they had. If Porzingis would have been in, I think it would have been Game 7, and I don't even know who would have gone. Yeah. But... It also it also plays the Mavericks are a pretty poor defensive team mm-hmm. and that doesn't help when you have Paul George when Paul George decides to be Paul George yeah and Kawhi Leonard is who he is so but it's just an interesting thing to think about I think the Mavericks like very well could have had a great chance at going to the Western oh, Conference yeah. Finals as a seven seed um, oh, yeah. but we'll just shout out them any last thoughts on uh you know I think the playoffs pretty, pretty much what has said has been said and we'll see next week. Who would you put in the finals now, given the Bucks situation? Given the Bucks situation? Yeah. Uh, uh, let's do a score update. It is 32-30. They're, they're up by two with oh. 9.05 in the second. Wow. Okay. Drogic, three for six, has seven points. Nine points for Chris Middleton, four for seven. I hate to be frank with you. I think Milwaukee is going to lose the series just because it's three games and they have to win all of four them. Four straight, yeah. Um, but that's my thing is who, who then goes to the finals. So it would be Miami. And then on the other side is I think Boston, I think Boston will get it done tomorrow. So then it would be heat Boston against, we said Lakers, probably the Lakers, two LA teams. Yeah. Ooh, I'm going to go Lakers heat. Okay. And I have the Lakers winning in six. That's a very close take to what I would probably say, but I'm not going to say it. Wow. Because. Leave me out to dry. No, because I think the Lakers are going to the finals. Mm -hmm. I think the Heat will go to the finals if they close out this series. However, I don't think they're going to close out the series. I think the Bucks oh my are going to come back and win in seven and go to the finals. I think this team is in the is in the underdog mentality now, and I I have I just I just back them. Jordan Drogic and Jimmy Butler, all they have to do is score a 25, 30 point game, and they're done. But they're not gonna. They're done. Dante Divincenzo is gonna clamp Gordon Drogic. Okay, you think that? I do. You know, what, know you you can think that all you want, <laughs> but Gordon Drogic and Jimmy Butler, one of these days, I know or maybe even heart. Bam. 
I don't even know. Bam, I am scared of Bam. Bam is Bam is scary. But Brooke Lopez will clamp Bam. Probably. That's just why I'm saying Drogic or Jimmy Butler. I'll, Once I'll they have stay, a 25, 30 point game, they're I'll stay done. neutral. If the I think this series decides who wins the finals because if it's the Bucks that come back in this series, I give them in seven over the Lakers. If the Heat come out in this series, I agree with you that it's Lakers over Heat in six mm-hmm. because I think the Heat are legitimately the second best team in the East and have been for quite some time. And especially if they beat the Bucks, it's probably about time that people put some respect on their name. Yeah. Like I think people were favoring Philly over the heat throughout the regular season, which is, I don't think so. I think at the beginning they were which in I, the beginning they were, but just, I don't think once we got to playoff time yeah. and once we saw yeah. Ben Simmons go down Philly was exposed. and Philly just kind of drudging through the bubble. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Miami in the beginning was underrated, but I think people now see how good they actually are. But I think for right now, for, Set in stone purposes, I'm going to stick with my preseason finals prediction, which is Bucks and seven over the Lakers. I know that's a long shot now, but you know, okay, we'll see. I got to stick with what I got to stick with my gut. The Bucks have scored well, four points possible. this quarter. Well, four of many more to come, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but that will do it for our NBA discussion. Um, we're going to kick it over to a quick break, and when we come back, we've got some NFL news, exciting stuff. Um, DeAndre Hopkins. We've got some division predictions for you who's gonna be the best team in the nfl you'll find out from the best experts stay tuned you're listening to the penalty box on kcou 88.1 fm i'm jumping in with my clothes on most party fouls are pretty dumb but if you decide to drink and drive underage you could lose your license and your freedom learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Okay, company picnics Tuesday. Lou, you order those shirts? Nah, just gonna have my wife make some. Sit down. Shut your mouth. Y'all gonna look like a bunch of suckers. Hey, who's this guy? They call me T-Shirt. Shirt. Unless you get your threads from Digit Graphics. Whether it's for your work, your team, or your charity, Digit Graphics will have you looking good. Would we look as cool as you? Not a chance in hell. But you will dig it. Check out DigitGraphics.com. Don't just wear it. Dig it. Shirts. Looking for something that smashes sports content and video game content together into one big late-night radio sandwich? Listen to Quarter Circle Backboard, a show in which your boy Chris Mitchell brings you the latest and hottest in sports news that you like and video game news that I like every Friday night at 11 p.m. on KCOU. I talk about everything from football to basketball to Street Fighter to Fallout to you name it. Is the worst thing up past your bedtime? Tune in and find out. Football's back. That's all I had. That's all I had. <laughs> you know what's crazy to think about? I thought about this yesterday. What? The NFL is the only North American league to really be unaffected schedule-wise by the coronavirus. Because they ended their last season in February. Mm-hmm. And coronavirus really didn't hit the United States till March. Mm-hmm. And then, I guess, like, training camp and stuff yeah. was a little bit shifted. But in terms of, like, Not the actual week season. one starting, it's right on time with what it usually is. Yeah. What, no, you're right. Sorry. Which, go ahead. If it's either good or bad, we don't really know right now. But as of right now, we have football slated for this weekend. Nolan. We have football slated for Thursday. For Thursday, yeah. Thursday. Exciting stuff. The Chiefs are taking on the Texans Thursday. Tune in. That should be a fun game. Yeah. The only I, – I also I, – I don't know if I heard this from someone a while back 
or if I read it somewhere. But there was something interesting I saw that, you know, with the way the virus kind of worked was that it sort of hit the coast first, which is what I kind of gathered. And there was an interesting thing that the someone speculated that it would have been spread a lot faster if the 49ers had won the Super Bowl and they had all the parade and celebrations yeah, that and would stuff make sense. in San Francisco versus in Kansas oh. City. No, I didn't think about that. Yeah. That was what someone speculated, which I thought was kind of interesting. Well, the first case was in... It was in Washington State. That's right. So, yeah, that would so make sense. it was out west first. And so I, th- I think that's what someone was thinking was, like, had all of the celebrations with the with no social distancing policies and stuff in place. I just, that's an interesting thing I read a while back. Yeah, that is a little crazy. Um, but, yes, like you said, obviously they're going to have teams are kind of being different with how many fans they're letting in the stadiums. But, yes, scheduling-wise, we will have football um, slated as normal. It kicks off Thursday, the defending champion – Defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs take on Houston um, in Arrowhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, shout out Arrowhead. Very fun atmosphere to be in. I went to a game there last year. I want to go to a game. We'll get to one. Right. Mizzou was supposed to play there. That's true, against Arkansas. But, but now yeah. it's in Columbia, I believe. Now, now it's in Columbia with no fans. Anyway, um, NFL, um, we got some news. you want to break down the news before we get to our division predictions? So the big things that happened the last few weeks... Our Clowney got signed to a one-year deal with the Tennessee Titans, which I think is very, very dangerous for <laughs> Tennessee because that team is really built around Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill, and they're kind of solid wide receiver core, and defensively they needed help. So having – and they got, a, I believe, Coughlin from the, the mm-hmm. Browns. So they really boosted offensively, and then defensively they really hadn't had that – Big of players, but now having a a pass rush like Jadavion Clowney is really going to be dangerous uh, in the AFC South. So you think it makes it's not a dangerous signing, but it makes Tennessee dangerous. Yeah, and I think it makes their defense dangerous. Yeah. It's definitely I, an upgrade. It's it's just so interesting because I I'll have to look. Do you have the deal? What the amount was? I can look, but I know it was a one year deal. Yeah, but while you're while you're getting those numbers, I just think it's so interesting because I think he it's a one year fifteen million dollar deal. Wow. Okay, that seems pretty high. It is a little high, but but it's a they needed him. Yeah, they the Titans did need him, so it, it fits. I do think you know, Clowney. I think overvalues himself in terms of his production a little bit. But I don't think he's as good as everyone thinks he yeah. is, but I think he's still a solid player to have. Oh, yeah. Because he was a huge help to the Seahawks last uh, year back in uh, the uh, playoff games, especially against the Eagles. But he's definitely not a J.J. Watt or a Aaron Donald in terms of the defensive line, but he's definitely a guy that can help, who can make big plays. Uh, down the road for a team. Yeah, I just think it'll be interesting. I don't think getting him in a one-year deal is nearly as bad, but I think he he's kind of struggled a little bit more, like you said, than people have. I guess not given he's him been credit for injury in a lot of his That's career, true. which has been a big part of how he plays. I think it was him and him and JJ Watt. And I know they were on the same team, so this is kind of unfair. But and Vince Wilfork. Oh, that's right. That's a crazy defensive line. That is line. a crazy defensive line. Imagine having those two on each end rushing at you. Oh my. Just that one clip from when he was on South Carolina and he blew out whoever That's it like was. his career highlight. Yeah. That made him the number one overall pick. Yeah. Like, for sure. But, like, just from watching that alone, I'd be terrified. Um, but anyway, I just think, like, 
it'll be interesting. If he can stay healthy, he'll be a productive player. But I think if it was like a multi-year deal, I'd be a little bit more concerned money-wise. But I think I don't think Tennessee has the money to do that. They don't because they signed Tannehill yeah. to a crazy long deal. Well, they paid Henry a lot and Henry too. a crazy long deal. And um, I think he was desperate to get on a team because I don't. Th- I think a lot of teams were like thinking the same thing, like how injury prone and how much are we willing to pay. And I think the Titans are really going to try to make a push this year and having him as that rush specialist really kind of puts them at a chance to make a deep playoff run like yeah. they did last year. Yeah, that they had a they had a very very fun season last year if you were a Titans fan. But the other big uh, piece of news I believe broke today um, DeAndre Hopkins, the new Cardinals wide receiver, one of the better receivers in the league, obviously signed a two-year extension worth $54.5 million, and it makes his overall deal, it makes him the highest-paid non-quarterback in NFL history. Um, his contract, I believe, is worth about $94 million. Um, and... He's going to average, I think, 18. He gets 42 million of that 54 extension guaranteed. Uh, I think it's safe to say that he is the now Larry Fitzgerald replacement for that team. Um, he's one of the best wide receivers in the league, so I could see why they paid him yeah. that much. But wow, that is. I mean, I guess who else were they going to pay? If they're going to keep anybody on that team, it's going to be Kyler Murray, Buda Baker, and DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. So. I mean, wow, that's... And they paid Buda Baker already. Yeah, they paid Buda Baker this... I think he signed to a two-year deal. And Kyler is had a solid few years, I would say. With they, the, sorry, go ahead. With the team he had. Or was it... He wasn't drafted last year, was he? Hold I think on. he was a rookie last year. He was a rookie last year? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he was solid last year. I mean, he put up some solid numbers. He just didn't have, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, who they're now signing... To a crazy deal, but I think it was much needed for him to stay because I think he's going to be the big, the guy, the guy <laughs> in Arizona. Well, yeah, and like you were saying, Kyler Murray was only a rookie last year, so the guy's only on a rookie contract for the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. You might as well give the money you have now to the guy that needs it now. You know, while Kyler Murray is still developing, even if he develops into that franchise quarterback they hope him to be, which I think he can. Yeah, you know keep him on a lower salary while you are still allowed to before you're going to have to pay him a ton too. Mm-hmm. But there's something brewing down there in Phoenix. I'm I'm a little nervous as a Seahawks fan, but a little excited to see how the Cardinals, you know. It'll be fun how it plays out. Yeah, it'll I'm be excited. very, very interesting. Um, and speaking of sort of looking ahead to the season, uh, we want to do – that was kind of a poor transition, but That's it's okay. okay. <laughs> um, we want to look at some division predictions, Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want your division winner and I guess we could do, we could do sort of the two wildcard teams too. And now there's two wild cards, there's three, wild cards. Or three, sorry, three wildcard teams. Cause there's a seventh spot up for grabs this year. Um, so Peter, firstly, who is your, I guess, AFC East winner, AFC East. So to remind the people at home, because I'm definitely not blanking right now. It's, who in the AFC East it's the is. Patriots, the bills, the jets and the dolphins. Ooh. That's that's one where if you would have asked me a month ago, I'd be like the Bills. Mm-hmm. You know, who who does New England have? Well, now they have Cam Newton. Cam Newton, and they have a Julian Edelman who, I mean, he's, is, he's pretty solid. Yeah, I just, I think we can both agree that Miami and New York really aren't in contention. Yes, I can. So agree. <laughs> I would go. 
What do you mean? Miami's winning the division. Uh, oh, you're right. I'm so yeah. sorry. I'm so sorry. With, um, uh, I don't even know who they have a quarterback. Tua. Tua Tagovailoa. It's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick, though. Oh, yeah. He's been it's magic. I'm going to go Buffalo. Going to stick with them? Yes. Just because Cam Newton hasn't been a starter for a while and is really had a lot of injuries and the big thing that made him huge in Carolina was the fact that he could run and the fact that he could play make and I don't know if he can still do that he's posted a lot on uh digital media or social media yeah about how he's back in shape and how he's really blending with Bill Belichick I just don't trust the New England defense who had Patrick Chung and had Dante Hightower uh opt out for the season so I'm gonna go Buffalo but if Cam does some crazy stuff this season I'll probably lean towards New England but right now I'm saying Buffalo Buffalo New England and then it will go and Miami New York can flip-flop yeah (laughs) um I think I'm gonna stick with Buffalo too one because Josh Rosen is now on my fantasy team so I need him to do good Josh I mean Josh Allen? Josh Allen. Who did I jo- say? Josh Rosen? Josh Rosen's the backup in I was, Tampa. I was thinking of Miami, and he was the quarterback of Miami. Talk about sorry. a guy who really hadn't had his shot. Yeah, geez. But that's a whole other story. Yeah, but anyway, yes. sorry. Josh Allen, I'm going to go with him and the Bills because I agree. I think they're a little more solid. I am very excited to see what Cam Newton does, though. I think he could explode onto the scene, but that's way more of a question mark that I'm not willing to trust at the moment for them to win a division. Mm-hmm. Um, AFC North... I think there's one clear-cut winner, but could be a little more murky. I think, like the East, you've got Cleveland and Cincinnati. I don't think we'll do anything. You don't um, think Cleveland will do something? I think they'll be solid, but no, they're not going to win the North. Yeah, I I still think Pittsburgh and Baltimore are a little better. But I, I, I'd pick Baltimore personally before you go. I think people are going to figure out Lamar... Jackson's play style because he had a really solid season last year and they saw what he did in the playoffs and they're probably going to try to use that I'm not going to say that's going to shut him down entirely but I think that's definitely going to be a welt in his game I think Baltimore they really did well offensively they got Dobbins in the draft they also got DuVernay from Texas who I really liked and Patrick Queen Patrick Queen and they got Calais Campbell in the offseason Pittsburgh defense is going to be really good. Ben Roethlisberger's back from injury. Oh, man, that's tough. I'll go Baltimore. And I see Pittsburgh as either a top wild card or winning the division. But I'm going to keep with Baltimore just because I think they have a lot of solid players right now. And they've built a lot on that. But Pittsburgh's a very close second for me. And then I'll go Cleveland, Cincinnati. Yeah. Shout out Joe Burrow. Shout out Joe Burrow. Playoff George Joe Burrow will not happen. Anyway. <laughs> not this season at least. Um, AFC South, uh, I think that could be a division that changes a lot, um, especially with the you know Houston losing D-Hop. I'd probably go Tennessee. I'm kind of buying into the, the hype from last year. I'm also going Tennessee just because I think, like we, we talked about earlier, they've gotten better defensively, and I think Derrick Henry is going to have a really big year. And they can't rely on him, though, so Tannehill's really got to step in. I think I talked about this earlier this week. Tannehill really played well last season, and he had a really good season in Miami. But if you look at his stats since then, they're not great. Mm-hmm. So I think the 
who's the backup for Tennessee? It's not Mariota anymore, but I can't think right. I can't think of it right now. But I think it's going to depend on Tannehill. But I do think it'll be Tennessee. Um, I'm gonna go Houston, Indianapolis, Jacksonville. Jacksonville. I'd probably stick with that. It's Logan Woodside right now. That's right, Logan Woodside. I don't think he's gonna be winning any job, but no. Um, uh, looking quickly just to the last few, um, we've got the West. I think this is probably the easiest one, the AFC West, to predict. KC. K- Do people do that? Like huh? KC. No, they don't do that. No. I don't, <laughs> I don't I've know never, what that I've was. never been to Kansas City. Really? You know, it's like O-H-I-O-M-I-Z-Z-O-U. Oh, yeah. K-C, Chefs. No. They do that, right? No. I've obviously been to Kansas City. <laughs> but, yeah, I go Kansas City, Denver, Oakland, Oakland. L.A., Chargers. same as last year. Yeah. yeah. With, I think, I think Denver will take that last wildcard spot. Uh, looking at the NFC, uh, the NFC East, my least favorite division because they're all kind of terrible. Wow. I'll probably pick, sorry, I'm just going to say it. The best team in that division went nine and seven. That's so sad. I'm gonna go with Dallas, though. I'm think. also going with Dallas. I think they had a lot of defensive needs, but doubling up on offense with C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. You have Ezekiel Elliott, who's a top five running back, and you have Dak. That's gonna be a really good offense. And then defensively, they still they lost McCoy to injury, but they still have. I forgot what Leighton Vander Esch. Does he still play for them? He was he was solid yes. his rookie year. I don't remember what he did last year. Because he was drafted remember. in 2018. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he did last year, but he was pretty solid. And I think that defense is really going to be the Achilles heel to this Dallas team. But we'll see how it goes. I, I trust them more than what Philly has done. Yeah. Because Philly has made some interesting choices this offseason. Jalen Hurts, cough, cough. But I still think it'll put them second in the division behind a... New York team that's still looking to get the, getting their defense together because their offense has been slowly built they're up on pretty the come well. up, but I don't yeah. think they're there yet. And Washington has some stuff to figure out. All right, um, the North. I'm thinking. I'm thinking Minnesota takes it. It's going to be tough. That that division is always interesting. There's always just like a I feel like a twist every year. Uh, yeah, I'm also leaning towards Minnesota, but. Green Bay has also been a team that if they have Aaron Rodgers, they're never really out of it. That's true. But I think the fact that their wide receiver core is really, they're just, I don't know. They've never, they haven't done anything to wow me. Minnesota got a solid, uh, they got Ngakwe from the Jaguars. They got a solid receiver in Justin Jefferson, even to replace Stephon Diggs and Kirk Cousins. I mean, as long as it's not a Monday night football game, he'll be pretty solid. True. I'll go Vikings, Packers, Bears, Lions, and I'll have yeah. the Packers in the wild card. That's that's what I would say, too. Um, NFC South, I'm going to say the Taysom Hill-led New Orleans Saints will win the division. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> He's the GOAT. I think New Orleans is the safest pick just because they won it last year and they have a really solid team, like really, like, I don't know. The team last year, I think, is the same team you'll see this year. Yeah. Tampa is either going to go really well. Biggest question mark, yeah. Or really bad. Yeah. They got a lot of players. Of course, they got that guy from Michigan. Don't remember his name, but he's going to play quarterback. Oh, yeah. And then they got Rob Gronkowski, 
Uh, Mike Evans, a 90 plus overall rating in Madden, Shaq which Barrett. is ridiculous. They have a lot of yeah. upside. It's just whether they can deliver in that Bruce Arians led offense. They got Fournette now too. They do have Fournette now too. Yeah. So I think it'll be New Orleans. And then Tampa will be a wild card spot, and then Atlanta, and then Carolina. I think I support that shout as well. Final division, real quick, before we head to another quick break. Probably the most difficult division. Yeah. I would say probably the best. I mean, best one, maybe, talented. You got the Cardinals, who finished last. Like, we just talked about them. Mm-hmm. Um, also, thank you, Kenny, on the text hotline. I botched. Uh, the Cardinals don't play in Phoenix. They play in Glendale. It's University of Phoenix Stadium. That's I right. Got confused. That's right. Um, anyway, I probably will stick with last year's winners, the 49ers, with the Seahawks also claiming a wild card spot. I'm going to go Seattle. Okay. Just because they traded away their la- their first their first round picks this year next year for Jamal Adams. They have DK Metcalf who I'm hoping will improve from last year. And they have Josh Gordon now depending on True. what happens with that. I think they'll have enough against San Fran. They still have a really solid team, but losing uh that some of that defensive line and Seattle signing a few offensive linemen in the uh, offseason is really going to help bolster that from what it was, which was awful. I'm going to take Seattle just because I think this is these next few years are going to be make or break considering that they don't have a first-round pick and they're not going to really look to be building for the future. Mm-hmm. It's more like a win-now mentality as while as Russ Russell's still in his good years. Because he's been in the league for quite a bit, and I don't know how much time he'll have left. Probably four or five more seasons. So I'm going to go Seattle, San Fran, L.A., Arizona, and San Fran will be the wild card. So San Fran will be a wild card, Tampa will be a wild card, and Green Bay will be a wild card. Yeah, interesting divisional shots. I agree. I think the NFC West with possibly an MVP season from Russ could give them that division too. Mm -hmm. Um, But we'll see. we're going to kick it over to a real quick, real quick break. Wow. Um, but when we come back, we have a very special guest joining us for everyone's favorite segment, The Penalty Box. Stay tuned for that. Uh, you're listening to The Penalty Box on KCOU 88.1 FM. Tune into High and Tight with me and my co-host, Logan Perone, as we catch you up on the latest signings, trades, news, scores, and highlights from around America's pastime. Every Sunday at 11 a.m. on the 88.1 FM stream and on our website, KCU.FM on the Blue Box. You love them enough to do anything for them. Mom, I need to be wiped. Coming. Including checking NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. Life can be dramatic, but day-to-day relationships aren't always like you see on TV. You can help the young people in your life work through the drama by engaging them in conversations about healthy relationships. Use Connect With Me activity cards to start discussions on this subject and other topics that matter to teens. Visit health.mo.gov connect to access these free cards and resources. A message from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. Kenny, who is one of the hosts on The Unwritten Rule, which is on, on Fridays at 3. I'm sure. True. And now this week, we have probably the anti-Kenny. Yeah. Mr. Peyton Hatterman. Very much so. 
That's Payne, me. Thank you for joining us. Oh yeah, yeah. Big oh. fan of the show, you know. This is my what fourth or fifth time? Yeah, yeah it might yeah. be. Please you're, sound more you're enthusiastic. Frequent guest. So frequent guest, yes. Uh, you mentioned I host the Unwritten Rule. I also host uh, Starting Left Bench. Just quick. Of course, of course. At six, six o'clock on Thursdays, six p.m. Not getting up that early. Yeah. Yeah, we know how yeah. that feels from last semester. Anyway. Oh yeah. Um, this segment is of course the penalty box. Everyone's favorite segment. Peyton is in the penalty box this time around. Peter will ask Peyton a series of. Um, I guess just quick questions. fire questions. Mm-hmm. Peyton will try and answer as many as he can. Uh, we will tally up his score and we'll see if you can beat Kenny, who was on last week, give you some bragging rights for the unwritten rule. Oh, Peter, yeah. you got the time, you got the questions? I have the questions <clears throat> and I have the time put up now. All right. All right. Am I doing this? Yes. Okay. All Three. Right. You do the asking. Two. One. Go. What's the best purchase you've ever made and the worst? Uh, best purchase, I one time, well, every time I go to Waffle House, that's from pretty cheap food and you get a lot of it. Uh, worst purchase, I'd say, um, I one time bought a flashlight because I thought I lost mine. Like this was a long time ago, <laughs> bought a big flashlight, thought mm-hmm. I lost mine, found it when I got home. Wow. So wasted 20 oh, bucks. Bummer. That's crazy. Uh, favorite weekend trip? Uh, going fishing in Lake of the Ozarks. What would you do with your 15 minutes of fame? Um... Probably plug uh, starting left bench at 6 p.m. on Thursdays and uh, the uh, the other one. Oh yeah, that one. The unwritten rule. Uh, uh, three favorite soft drinks. Uh, soda and I don't like any others. <laughs> or soda. Soda. Jeez. Sprite. 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 <laughs> uh, favorite horror movie. Um, Saw. How often do you work in bed? Do I what? Do you like do schoolwork in bed? Oh, um, every time I'm at home. Um, if you could bring back any fashion trend, what would it be? Uh, silly bands. Do those count? <laughs> yeah. yeah. If if Very a movie was made of your life, what genre would it be, and who would play you? Uh, comedy. Myself. My life is a movie. Wow. Oh my god. If you were famous, what would you be famous for? Uh, being myself. I'm built different. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, if you had to sing karaoke, what song would you pick? I would never pick karaoke, but I would pick uh, Our Song by Taylor Swift. What's going to be the title of your autobiography? Um, what position does Taysom Hill play? He plays every position. Yeah. I don't know what it actually linebacker. would be. I just have to get these questions out. Uh, you're going, if you're going to sail the world, what would be the name of your boat? Um, the SS... Um, S. Time's <laughs> up. God, that was nowhere close to what Kenny got. Um, what a nightmare. Yeah, let me tally. Um, Peter can look at kind of some of his uh, I love how your favorite drink is uh, soda. Forgot. Which I guess is not wrong. It's a type of drink, but... Yeah, you, you asked soft drinks, and I just said soda. Soda. You don't Which call it pop? No. Well, I don't have Kenny's score pulled up he right had now. He 23, I he believe. Had 20, I know he had over 20. You had 12. Wow. Oh. <laughs> you really went along... <laughs> My favorite f- answer was the SSS easily. The SS- yeah. The SS. Time flies. That was a really long flashlight story, by the way. That really was. I, I, I think that's where you why, botched with the I time. I had to explain why I set a flashlight, because flashlights are typically very useful. They are. But not when you... You realize that comes with your phone, right? You can just use that flashlight. I didn't... I... Look. <laughs> this was a while ago. You didn't... Did you not have a phone? 
I did. I don't. What year was this? Yeah. This was like when I was probably like this was in my old house when I lived in North Carolina. So this was a long time ago. Um, Give me a year. I don't know how long I that was. I don't remember the exact if, if you year did, like, I bought this flashlight. What year did you leave North Carolina? Uh, I left North Carolina in 2015. Okay, so, so that was it was like school. maybe five years ago. So you, more yeah. well, it probably if you don't three, have a phone, I'll say like 2012. So okay. you're saying you don't you didn't have a like say you didn't have a phone, but you got worried about maybe needing a flashlight. Went somewhere, bought a flash flashlight, came to back and then found me, yours. To be fair to me, yeah, I was going grocery shopping with my mom, and it was my allowance. I didn't know what to buy. I bought a flashlight. Should just save it. Invest in some stocks, man. Look, I you ever was heard of eleven Apple? or yeah. twelve. Okay, sounds like. Apple, I don't think I could invest in at that point, really, and make a huge What about, profit. like... I don't know investing. What's another big That's what business now that wouldn't have been back then? Tesla. Probably. No, I had Tesla. Tesla. wasn't founded I yet. was 11 or 12. I didn't say buy a Tesla. I said invest no, in invest Tesla. In, I know what you're saying. Don't buy a Tesla. You could yeah, have done that Yeah, go buy a Tesla now. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it for us in the penalty box. Peyton, any last words? It... <laughs> <laughs> Look, the flashlight story had to be. <laughs> we don't care about the flashlight Listen, story anymore. Listen, anybody out there, don't buy don't flashlights. Don't buy flashlights with if your you allowance. Already have if you already own a flashlight, make sure you have a flashlight yeah. before you go out buying for flashlights. There you go. That's the moral of the story. See, we're an educational show. Very educational. Yeah. Thank you, Peyton, for educating our listeners. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I'll try better next time, to be better next time. That was I thought you were pathetic. built different, man. Yeah. That's what you I told was. us. Y'all didn't expect me to we just come had in flight here on. bomb. Yeah, we, we should have flight on. Flight would be fun, guess. What's anyway, flight's number? I don't, I don't I'm know. Not exactly. Reveal you that can't on air. Get flight. I ever heard yes, of a we can, but I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's going to do it for us on the penalty box on KCOU 88.1 FM. Stay tuned. We'll be back here, same time, same place, 6 p.m. Tuesday. It's Tuesday. It Tuesday. Tuesday. Wow. Um, 6 p.m. Tuesday. And, uh, yeah, we hope you enjoyed, and uh, have a fun rest of your week. Can I get a hot take for a KCOU bumper? KCOU 88.1 FM, Columbia, Missouri.